Welcome to the Toka Backstage Podcast. Join Toka's Executive Director, Chris Wolf in conversations with the artists and people behind the scenes of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation's performances and events. Hi, this is Chris Wolf, the Executive Director of the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation. Um, this is a special edition of Toka Backstage, as I am, like many people, uh, hiding at home, uh, trying to stay well, and uh, a lot of our shows have been postponed, so we don't have any shows coming up, before, so there's no performers to share right now. Um, so I thought I'd put a call out to friends and see if there was anybody out there that may be interesting to talk to, and someone I could share on the podcast, and lo and behold, Gabriella Fisher came through with uh, Tommy Chong, uh, part of the infamous duo uh, Chichin Chong. I have to say it was a great honor, and I, I thank Gabriella for the connection. He's a fantastic human being, and it was a lovely conversation. Unfortunately, I had a few bits of uh, a few glitches technically uh, as I was trying to record a FaceTime call, which I've never done before. But other than that, it was a, a lovely conversation, a lovely human being. Um, and uh, so listen to this and hope you enjoy it. And stay tuned because I hopefully will have some more interesting conversations coming up in the very near future. So please welcome uh, Mr. Tommy Chong. Sorry about that. So um, no bef before we were so rudely interrupted, you were saying that um, back in the day you started out in, in Canada with uh, Bobby and the Vancouvers. And you, but you, but you had a your family owned a nightclub. Did, is that how you got the feeling of being in the business? Well, I've I've been blessed all my life, and uh, and learning how to play the guitar at a very early age really helped me. I, I started off, you know, we lived in the country, and there was a guitar player, a guitar in in the house. I learned how to tune it. I learned how to play it, and I started playing. Uh, Back up to a fiddle player, a country singer, a country player, and uh, and actually he taught me everything I needed to know about show business, and uh, and so I've been blessed all my life. Like like when I had a band, and uh, uh, we we formed the first rhythm and blues band in Canada, in Western Canada. Uh, Ronnie Hawkins, well actually, Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks. Uh, Dylan's band, they were they were the East Coast and, uh, during the 50s, the late 50s, and the, uh, the early 60s. We were the West Coast. And uh, and so we, we had quite a reputation, you know, uh, but it wasn't until we met Bobby Taylor. He's a, a phenomenal, was a phenomenal uh, uh, rhythm and blues singer. And, and when we got with Bobby, then our, our luck changed. Everything changed. Uh, because he was such a good singer, and we sounded so good as a band, that uh, Diana Ross and the Supremes, they were in town. They came and caught our act. And then she phoned uh, Barry Gordy. And, and next thing you know, we're flying to uh, Detroit to cut a record. Wow. And uh, everything... everything I, I've been blessed all my life. That's all I can say. So, so I'm curious. I mean, it seemed like your your career was heading in a trajectory for for music. How did comedy enter into it? I got fired from Motown for trying to get a green card. 
see, back in the day, the people in Motown, even though they're across the river from Canada, they had no idea uh, the, the problems between, you know, uh, working in, uh, as a Canadian, working in, in, in the United States. Uh, and so I had to get a green card, and I had to miss a, a job. And so um, the, the road manager, he had no idea what a green card was, so he just fired me. And so when I got fired, well, a couple of days later, Barry Gordy called me up and said, oh, you're not fired. But then I realized that I, I really wasn't happy doing what I was doing. And so I told Barry, I'm going to stay fired because I want to become a Barry Gordy. I don't want to work for one. And, and he, he, he smiled and he says, okay, give me $5,000. And then I started, uh, I was just going to become a songwriter. You know, I, I'd been, I wrote that one song, but uh, in my travels, I, I had seen the committee, the Second City, you know, all these improv groups, and I got really interested. It was, it was more interesting to me than music. And so then I got, when I, then I had to go back to Canada because we had two nightclubs at the time, and one of them was a strip club. And so I had I, I, I had nothing else to do but to, to just cruise around the clubs and, and see where I could be uh, you know come in be worth uh, you know help help out and so I ended up working the lights uh, in the strip club and then I realized that the girls were when they would come to work they were beautiful in their in their street clothes but when they changed into their uh you know their work clothes you know their stripping outfits then they get then then they they weren't so beautiful so i realized that if i created a, an improv group with the strippers it would it would solve a lot of problems <laughs> uh, especially uh the beauty problems you know because they were beautiful and when they talked they were even more beautiful and so I turned the strip club into an improvisational nightclub. Uh, and I was just working the lights. But then, so then uh, I was out an MC. I needed uh, an MC. And so uh, I, 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 the, the doorman was a good friend of mine, Dave. And so I asked Dave Graham, I says, uh, I, I needed uh, uh, MC on stage. And he says, well, I'll do it if you do it. And so I stage with Dave and uh, and then we just started doing comedy and, and then uh, I met Cheech and uh, then we got fired and then Cheech and I stayed together and so we the rest is history so is that is is that where Dave came from from Dave yeah. <laughs> Dave's not here and it was an ad lib too because I, I was just torturing Cheech I was keeping him outside and the longer I kept him up said no matter what he did I wouldn't let him inside and so then uh, I kept saying, who is it? And then finally he came up and said, it's Dave. That's the only name you could think of. And then when I said Dave's not here, oh, man, that was, to me, that's still the funniest Cheech and Chong bit ever. It is. I, it, it lives out to today. I mean, I, I know friends who I grew up with still use it today. It's like, it's a classic. <laughs> it is classic, yeah. <laughs> So um, you've you've done a lot in your career from from music to comedy to writing to producing acting. Are there any like favorites of yours that you've done? Um, not really. Actually, I'm, I, yeah. 
it's tough, but I, I am a writer. I, I like to I, I write. It's not that I like to write. <laughs> it's that I'm good at it and I can do it. Uh, and so I, I think eventually I will just be a writer. Uh, you know, I'll be too too feeble to get on the road. <laughs> you know, so so I'm just going to start. Well, I, I've, I've already started. You know, I, I keep a journal and I, I write down all my thoughts and everything. So that's yeah. I, I'm going to eventually just go into the into the writing thing. And and so part of um, part of what the the Torrance Cultural Arts Foundation does is we, uh, besides doing a pre- presentation of uh, shows, we also try to help encourage and mentor young young performers. Um, do you? As a performer who's had this long history of doing everything under the sun, what words of advice would you pass on to a young performer? I would tell them, and no, I don't care what you do on, on stage, you can't go wrong if you take acting classes. I, I would suggest to everybody, no matter what you're doing, if you're a singer, uh, uh, whatever it is, even if you're like a scientist or if you're, you know, nothing to do with show business, I would suggest acting, acting classes, because it's, it's, it's a form of therapy that, that, uh, that can become a profession if you're good at it, you know, and it doesn't hurt. It does not hurt to find out, to learn how to act learn how to talk on stage in front of people it, it, to 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 listen to other people because that's what they teach you in acting school they teach you to listen you listen you get all your clues from from what you're hearing and uh, and so that yeah that's my advice I, I, I give that advice to to young kids to a- a- anybody you know that that expresses you know I, I want to become somebody then I, I say go, go to acting school and, and it doesn't matter what acting school you know because basically uh, what you're doing is you're, you're bringing your own personality out it doesn't matter how you do it you know it's like going to therapy you know uh, you know there's is there such a thing, good thing as a good therapist I don't know <laughs> And so, did you? Did you? Um, where? Where in your career did you take acting classes? Uh, well, actually, I started when I did the improv group. That that was my first taste. Yeah. Because I I sat on the sidelines and I watched them do it. And then when we started doing it, you know, with the with the strippers, with the girls, uh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. But when I was a kid in in the country. Uh, when, when when we got together, there was no toy stores. <laughs> there was no such thing as as after school uh, things to do. You know, you're a kid growing up. If you had time on your hands and you had a friend, you made up your own games. And so when I was uh, when I was quite young, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, I got involved with uh, with a family uh, of girls. There was a lot of uh, young girls. And, and they would play dolls or you know house every day, and and, and it became uh, uh, I, I I became part of the acting troupe, and so when I was really young, we would do scenarios that would last a couple of days, if not a week. You know, we'd go home for supper, and, and, and then we'd pick up the game the next day. And so I, I I've been acting all my life, basically. You know, I've been uh, learning how to 
be another character all my life. And, and, and it's so much fun. And I, I, I think kids sort of are innately actors, aren't they? Because they, yes. they, they grow up playing make-believe, and that's yes. kind of what acting is, right? Yeah, they, they, they create their own realities. You know, it's, and the poorer you are, you know, uh, the luckier you are, because then you have to really use your own own uh, uh, sensibilities, you know, your own brain to create these things, you know. Oh, yeah, I had so much fun. And then, I, I, like, I got an app now that I go on every day, and, and, I, and it's like my therapy. And, and, I, and I've been realizing, you know, when I grew up poor, uh, you made your own entertainment. Like, I made my own toys, you know, there was no, like I said, there was no toy store, and if there was, the last thing you're going to do is spend money on toys, Right. you know, I mean, especially if you got tools around the house, you can make your own, you know, and that's what we did in the country, and and and, uh, and, and I got so much pleasure out of it, but I still do it to this day, like, I carved these uh, necklaces, oh, wow. I... Uh, you know, I make bongs. I I, I got to be busy. You know, I, I got that old. There's an old country thing. When you grow up in the country, you're always doing something. Even if you're sitting down, you're peeling potatoes, or you're 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 doing something. You know, you're darning socks. You're 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 doing the You're folding clothes. You're cleaning your room. You're always doing. You're never sitting there just staring at a television set yeah. in the country. You know, and and I, I'm so so thrilled and pleased that I had that upbringing, because to this day I still I, I still got the same habits. <laughs> I'm I'm curious, you know, going back to Cheech and Chong, it's um, do you think now that uh, cannabis is legalized, do you think? I mean, back in the day, the whole pot culture was a, a whole different vibe than it is today. Yeah. Do you think Cheech and Chong would have as much significance today with it being legalized? I mean, because growing up, I mean, I was a big fan of, you know, I had all the albums and I, I listened to it. And that was kind of like the, the thing. It was kind of like a almost not underground, but it was it was kind of, I don't know, that, that thing you're not supposed to do. Yeah. And then now it's the like. Fruit. Yeah, exactly. Do you think you, it would, you know what the Japanese call it? They call it stolen, stolen lessons. When when a Japanese carver or, or potter, uh, when he trains an apprentice, what you know what they do? They they make the apprentice do everything but touch the tools. They they won't let him touch the tools. He, he sweeps the floor. He he does everything. He cleans. He he paints. He does everything except he's not allowed to touch the tools. And then, then the master goes away purposely to to see whether or not this guy's going to either obey or disobey. And if he disobeys and he touches the tools, then the master knows that this guy's got a future in in the crafts, you know, because it's it's a matter of, of things that you have to do, and and, and that's that's uh, that that's what I find, you know, that that, that that's what. Motiv- that's what helps me motivate even my own kids, you know, is that uh, if you want to do something, you're going to have to do it so bad that you will you will break the law to do it. And that's exactly uh, what, what, what Cheech and Chong did. What we did, we, 
we went into those for, forbidden areas, you know, and uh, because we were like I'm mixed, I'm I'm half Chinese, uh, teaches all Mexican, uh, but we were minorities in 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 our in our world. I I I've grown up all my life under the cloud of racism, you know, yeah. from the, from the very first day I went to school. You know, I got beat up the very the very first day I walked in there. A young kid had no idea what was going on. Next thing you know, the bullies all over me, and the teacher sat there and watched it because it was part of the culture. You know, you're a little brown and you get bullied. And uh, but then I had an older brother, so that took care of that. You know, that bully uh, he did it one time, and that was the end of that. Uh, so we. Cheech and I both grew up in this cloud of racism, and then, but we both knew that, you know, just like, uh, you you know, when you're courting a girl, you know, you, you use your your what, what 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 makes you notorious. You use it as as a as a helping aid, you know, to help you. And 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 so when Cheech and I started our, our act, you know, we realized that people needed to be taught you know you know people don't become racist because that's what they wanted to be it's just ignorance right. and so what what Cheech and I did uh, with our comedy and everything else and it's still going on now we taught the world that that it was okay to be brown it was okay to be Mexican it's okay to be Chinese it's okay to be black it's okay to be who you are and, and 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 without you know uh, any any kind of uh, apology, you know, you just this is who I am, this is what you can be, and that's what we gave to everybody, you know. Like I, I never had any extensive schooling. In fact, I was terrible. I was a terrible student. I, I dropped out twice. <laughs> You know, in grade ten, then I went back because the, the the real world was too tough, and I went back and I got my grade eleven. But the minute I smoked a joint and, and figured out I was going to be a blues musician, then then boom, that was the end of school. So so it's not about about you know you you have to be uh, like like with me. You know, I, I you, you take what you got. And, and I was lucky. I had a mother that was so beautiful, and she was so... And, and by the way, the big secret in our family, my mother was quarter Native. Really? 20 per, 20, 25% Native. She was born on a reservation. I'm 8% Native, and that was the big secret. Even though she married a Chinese guy, she married a <laughs> Chinese guy, and she got ostracized from her family for doing it. It was more uh, embarrassing to be a native than it was to be married to a Chinese guy, wow. and and so I found that out. But my mother was so so gorgeous, so wonderful, so sweet, and she gave me all the all the everything I needed. You know, just a simple word. You know, she she told me when I was young. She said, "You're different. You're always going to be noticed." And so it's up to you how you want people to think of you, you know. If you want people to think, you know, nice things of you, then you got to be nice. That's all. That's what she told me, and 
they work to this day. Well, and I think that's beautiful words for anybody. It's like it, it's like that old thing about teachers. It's like they won't always remember remember what you taught them, but they'll remember how you made them feel. Oh, that's right. That's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. And I gotta say, you know, growing up, Cheech and Chong were was. Uh, they made me laugh, you know, and all my friends. And I think even to this day, I noticed on television just yesterday, I saw Up in Smoke was on television. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a staple for everybody. I mean, I just talked to someone, uh, uh, an interviewer that seen his favorite movie was Far Out Man, a movie that I did. And he said, I must have seen it a thousand times. <laughs> uh, you know, we, I love that effect that we have on, on, on people. Because it, it, it's 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 just what we're doing. What Cheech and I did, we, we just spread the joy that we were having. We just included everybody in on it. You know, we just said, "Hey, come and join us." You know, hang with us for a while. We'll have fun. You know, and that's, that's all we did. And that's to this day. That's still what we do. You know, we just we just have fun. Well, I've. I've so appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your bits of wisdom and and more importantly i thank you for all the joy you've brought people through your 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 numerous your movies your television your work it's 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 inspiring thank you so much my pleasure uh you take care thanks bye okay man